Welcome to the Bags and Plat podcast. Today is Friday, a random Friday show for us, October 23rd. Bags and I have both been super busy, so we're trying to find some time here to get connected and be podcasting, I guess. Is that what they call it nowadays? We're so old. I don't even know what like the cool term is, but we're happy to be here. It's a Friday afternoon, another joyful, cloudy, crappy day here in the Northeast, but we got a lot of football to talk about bags and... I have to ask you right off the bat, my friend, was last night Daniel Jones's butt fumble? You know, he's averaging almost three turnovers a game for his career. And you would think a guy from Duke, which there's really not a, quarter, a lot of quarterbacks from Duke, Platt. I wonder if there's a reason for that. Because the last one we had was named Dave Brown, number 17, and he didn't work out too well either. So uh, we got to stop drafting quarterbacks from Duke. Um, I can't blame his weapons because um, he has some decent receivers. Uh, Tate made a nice play last night. But that tight end, you know, that play is going to be remembered. It's getting a lot of play on ESPN. All you see is uh, the tight end dropping the ball. But his, his running speed supposedly was the 15th fastest run miles per hour at 21 miles per hour. He runs a 4-6, but if you're playing in the NFL and you're, <laughs> and you're a quarterback with no one around you, you cannot fall, and that will be the Mark Sanchez, as you said, butt fumble. I still can't believe he fell down. Uh, we've, seen, we've seen athletes do some bad things, let's be honest with us. Uh, thank God they got a touchdown out of that because if they didn't score there – it, it would have been detrimental for his career. Now, what what did you think about... First of all, it was two shitty teams, but it actually was an entertaining game. But what do you think about this as a Giant fan? I thought it was a win-win because since we lost... First of all, I would have been happy if they won because it's the Eagles and we've lost 11 out of 12 and 7 straight. Or maybe 8 straight. So it, it's it's disgusting how bad we are against Philly. So I would have been happy if we won. I'm also happy because I don't care if we're still in the division, Platt. This team shouldn't be in the playoffs. So if if we some somehow went on a miraculous run and actually won a division and made the playoffs, yeah, it'd be pretty cool. But they're not going anywhere, and they don't deserve to go anywhere, and we're in a shitty division. So I say to you it's a win-win because now we're going to get – the top four draft pick that I hope we do. Yeah, I agree. To win last night, it would have been fun for like a hot minute to say, oh, we're in the mix and we could win the division, but what, are you going to win a division at 4-12? and 12? I mean, it's we've talked about it at nausea. Like This division is an absolute and utter embarrassment, and if there's any year for a team that should not be hosting a home playoff game, whoever wins the NFC East should not be hosting a home playoff game. And... There's just no, I mean, I've watched every team in that division play. Obviously, the Cowboys lose Dak Prescott, and that's that's a big hurt to, to their chances. But the Eagles are a terrible football team. The Dallas Cowboys are a terrible football team. The New York Giants are not a very good football team. And the Washington Football Club is a terrible football team. I mean, Ron Rivera went for two last week. We didn't even have a chance to talk about the ridiculous play call that he ran right there. We were texting about that. The Giants are 
in probably the best shape future-wise, except for maybe the Cowboys. But to me, if I'm an Eagles fan, I am beyond worried about Carson Wentz. I know he led the comeback last night, but if you think about what they thought they had with that draft pick, you talked about Daniel Jones, what Philly thought they had with Carson Wentz, he doesn't seem to be anywhere near the quarterback they thought they were drafting. True and, statement? Yeah, that's a true statement, and I don't think anybody's happy with him. Um, um, like I said on one of our shows, I think uh, they're not letting him be who he really is. He's actually a backyard quarterback. He's not just a um, you know that throwback uh, statue, sit in the pocket and throw. He's he's more of a playmaker. So I think the play calling and um, the the offense probably doesn't uh, fit well to his to his game. Um, you know, we always talk about Philly, and it's really about. Um, the Foles statue outside the outside the uh, stadium because Platt he's going to be playing in Foles' shadow forever no matter what he does if he doesn't win a Super Bowl he's a failure so the franchise is going to live with that and that's that, that's in his head probably every day at practice <clears throat> how he had a, a great great first season and you know he got hurt and, and that's just the way it is in sports uh, the old yeah quality. but bags. Bags, you know what? I, I remember, I don't know if I said this to you or one of our other buddies after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I think it was my brother's whole family, his wife's whole family's from Philly, which is obviously painful enough for my brother. But I remember talking to him. I think it was him. And I said, the Eagles should trade Wentz. And he's like, they'll never do that. Everybody was like, they'll be crazy to do that. And I, I remember saying the expectations now for Carson Wentz are not attainable unless, like you said, he wins a Super Bowl. And, and that's a tough position to be in. Like, the Eagles are probably, let's be honest, the Eagles are probably not going to win another Super Bowl while Carson Wentz is their quarterback. And why not trade him back then when you had Foles? And Foles probably would never have been the Foles he was in the playoffs or the Super Bowl, but they could have got max value for Wentz back then, who was somewhat injury prone. And listen, was he really a proven quarterback? Did he take Alabama? Clemson, Auburn, USC to a national title game. Like he, he was nowhere in college. And I'm not saying that that's the end all be all, but he wasn't. So I look at it and I'm like, they really shit the bed not figuring that scene out, knowing that there was going to be a full statue outside of that stadium and that Carson Wentz was going to have to go there and be the quarterback every day. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and while, while we're talking Giants Eagles, you know, if Sims won the first Super Bowl in 86 and when he got hurt, uh, uh, I think against Buffalo, they were 10 and 0. The Giants were so good that Hosteller didn't really have to be this dynamic, amazing player. As you know, it was a running game. They ran OJ Anderson over Jumbo Elliott the whole Super Bowl. They they dominated the clock, and Hostetler got his ring. There's no statue of Hostetler or Sims, but Hostetler is not looked at like Phil Sims. They knew it was Phil Sims's team. And it comes to a point where, you know, people do lose their job. So Wentz should have had to fight for his job. You know what I mean? Like, this guy just won the Super Bowl. You can't even, you can't get on the top of the mountain and, and unless you – or you can't get kicked off the mountain unless somebody beats you out. So I figure – I figured, you know, give Foles a chance. And Foles, as you notice, as you notice he's, he's not really that good anywhere else but Philly since that run. Uh, he gets jobs and he's in the NFL, but I just don't think uh, I, I just don't think Wentz is their answer. And also, the Eagles are not good, so you know they don't have their best receiver in Ertz. 
They don't have Alshon Jeffrey. So, you know, there, there is some injuries there. But, uh, you know, w- w- while we're talking NFC East, look at all, all the other teams. Every, everyone's got quarterback issues. Jones turns the ball over. Wentz is not that good. They, Prescott is out. They're starting, you know, the redhead. And, and in Washington, that's a whole fucking mess too. So if you look at the NFC East, and as you say, it's a quarterback-driven league, well, where's the great quarterback in the NFC East? So it is a quarterback-driven league, Platt. And if you don't have somebody to, to throw the ball and lead a team, you're going to get four teams that are under 500. I, I read a great article yesterday, and I think it was a hypothetical and it was joking, but it's going to lead me to my next point too. The Dallas Cowboys should trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I actually think that would be a great move for both parties. And, you know, tough what happened to Fitzpatrick. Totally understand the Dolphins are technically in the playoff hunt. They're in the hunt for the division because that division's somewhat wide open after what Buffalo did the other night and the goose egg it laid. So that division's still there for the taking. I, I think now, am looking for a new football team. I've, ex- I've exhausted myself <laughs> as a fan of the once upon a time Washington Redskins and now Washington Football Club. There's only so much you could take. And, and I know a lot of our good buddies are diehard Jet fans and they're Jet fans for life. But as bad as the Jets have been, they haven't had the organizational mess that Washington has had over the past 10 to 15 years. Obviously, when we grew up, we grew up with Joe Gibbs and Joe Theismann, and they were winning Super Bowls, and he won with three different quarterbacks and a great franchise. This is nowhere near what I grew up with. So now I'm thinking, because I spend a lot more time in South Florida now, two is the guy down there. I might start looking at becoming a Miami Dolphin fan. Are you going to yeah. judge me? Yeah, so no, no, no. I, I won't at all, and, and, and I'll tell you why. Because... It's almost like, you know, you're becoming um, a Jet-like organization. And that's pretty low, Platt, because, yeah, we grew up with RFK Stadium, sold out, 25-year wait on season tickets, one of the best coaches in the game, one of the best franchises in the game. The Dallas Redskin rivalry was probably the best in the game when we were growing up, bar none. And I'll tell you what, if you're going to retire in Florida – might as well start early, Platt, and get out and get on the fish, um, because Tampa's Tampa's really in it for a few years, and they're they're going to go back to being themselves, and that stadium will be empty. The Dolphins starting Tua, and I wanted to talk about this. And by the way, I'm I'm totally okay with you moving your Redskins <laughs> gear out of the house, get it, throw it in the freaking fire outside, just get it gone. <laughs> Maybe you could sell the Art Monk jersey, but that's about it. So, if you're going to retire down there, the other team that I texted you about, because I know you're an ASU guy and I know you love the heat and the sun, watching Kyler Murray might be the other team that you go to. Because, you know, you have some ties in Arizona. I've known you, I, I know you've done business out there. I know Stutz is out there. So, you got D. Hopkins who's one of the best receivers in the game. Murray is so fun to watch. Watch out for Arizona, Platt. I mean, they made it, they've made a great offseason move getting the receiver, which I still can't believe the Texans did that. So Arizona might be your other option. So here, here's the only challenge, and I hope this turns 
the page and that that franchise in Arizona can actually be good and formidable for years because spending time in college there and going to games, we would go to Cardinals-Cowboys games, 85% of the fans in that stadium were Dallas Cowboy fans. And talk about no home field advantage. It's the reason why Arizona State can't get a great college football team because there's people from all over the country and they just love good weather. No one wants to go to a football game. No one's tailgating. It's a different world. They have that new stadium now. It's beautiful. They've had some great Super Bowls there. I hope with Murray there they can turn the corner and become a legitimate football franchise. I'm still leaning towards the Dolphins. Shorter flight. Probably going to be in Florida more often. That's true. (laughs) Huge Tua fan if he could stay healthy. It's not because he's an Alabama guy or anything like that. I just think he's like a modern-day version of Steve Young. Could Easy be. to root for, too, Platt. Looks like he doesn't have an attitude. He's not an idiot. He hasn't been arrested. And it seems like he's a good kid. Did uh, you see what he did the other day after the game? He went out and sat on the 15-yard line in the field by himself in an empty arena, soaking in the fact that after his injury and after everything that happened, that he actually made it. Like, that's like a little kid. That That's something, and I love that. Like, that's something you or I. Moment. Great right? sports like, moment. Emotional. Great sports moment. Doesn't take it for granted. Happy he's there. Appreciates every moment. I know he's a religious guy, so I, I'll keep you posted, but I'm going to start getting a little bit more into the Dolphins, so you better be ready to talk about Danny Marino's team and what's I'm going right. on with that franchise. I'm ready. The duper jersey's still in the closet, so... <laughs> Hey, now, while we're on Miami, what did you think about the Fitzpatrick move? Because um, it really brings back um, uh, an analogy or or a comparison to when the Giants had a winning record. I think they were 5-2. And And Kurt Warner, who had won a Super Bowl, was, was doing very well. He wasn't playing that great, if I recall. But the Giants were playing pretty good. And... They had Eli Manning, and obviously he's the future, right? So they put in Manning, and Manning pretty much ruined the season. The veterans were pissed, okay? A whole year in the NFL, Platt, is a long time for these guys, as you know, man. They fucking put sweat and guts and practices. And it's just a, a long, hard, rugged season. They're, they're always injured. And basically, he, they, they, you know, they lost the veteran locker room leadership. Because they wanted Kurt Warner to stay on the field. Everybody, from what I'm hearing, on the radio and in the papers, is that Fitzpatrick is beloved by his teammates. Okay? And this type of move um, is for the future, obviously. This type of move is controversial. I give the I give Miami credit for making the move because it's tough to do that, Platt. When things are going well, you win two in a row in the National Football League. You know, you don't really change things, all right? You want to stay the course, and you want to try to make the playoffs. In this case, Platt, do you agree with his decision? I know there's a bye week this week, so he's going to have two weeks to prepare. Do you agree with this decision by taking out someone who has led your team to two wins? So I don't agree with how they did it. Apparently the players found out via Twitter and all the social media that went out, uh, making, I guess, Adam Schechter or whoever – got the scoop and, and went to press with it. And the players didn't know, and they found out over Zoom. They said Fitzpatrick was unhappy and emotional, and understandably so. But with an eye to the future, I mean, look, I like Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's been around. He's done some good things in the NFL. I think I texted you this weekend saying, like, the guy from Harvard is done officially now. 
he's a nice quarterback. I think if he went to Dallas, Dallas could potentially win the division. But is Ryan Fitzpatrick going to lead the Miami Dolphins the next four or five years as a franchise to the playoffs? Are you going to build around him? No. So it is. It's a great analogy you brought up about Kurt Warner and Eli Manning because in some ways it is similar on a lesser level to what's going on here because you have the future who has been a little bit injury prone in college. I'll give him that. But you have the future that you want to build around. And yes, like if, if they would have been 0-4, nobody would have questioned this move. But the fact that they're 500 and in the hunt right now, I think people are looking and saying, wow, why would they do that? But at the same time, that's why they're doing it. Because what happens if Tua comes in and his lights out and he's like a little Kyler Murray and he can put that Mahomes stamp on the game, all of a sudden the Dolphins have a serious shot at winning the AFC East. So jury's out, but I think you got to make the move. It's hard on Fitzpatrick. I get it. And hopefully these guys play for Tua. I, that's my two my two cents on this. What about you? Well, th- um, I was actually just out to lunch with a few of my friends, and uh, the consensus was what we all heard is that the coach basically said that Tua made me do this. He has been unbelievable in practice. He's so good that he basically made the coach make the move because he is wowing people in practice. I don't know if you ever heard anyone talk about his accuracy, but he was the most accurate quarterback in college. That's all they talked about. He he does have a good arm plat, but he doesn't have um, like a Jeff George arm or a Marino. He has a very accurate arm. He reminds me of Steve Young the, um, with his left. And I, I, I just... I just think if if me or you were watching this young phenom just rip it up in practice, and you know there's guys like you know hooting and hollering, you know, dude, holy cow, you see Tua today. So it's almost like if you're outperforming someone in practice, Iverson practice. If you're outperforming someone at at like you know such a high level, it's almost like you know you got to be kidding me. Am I really not playing? So from what I'm hearing, Platt, it wasn't just like a move, hey, you know, let's let's think about the future. I heard he was just beating up the practice squad like no one has before. So that's what I'm hearing. And as as you know, Platt, if you're if you want a spot on a team and you and the backup's looking better than you are, you're gonna play. No matter what's going on. So I'll bet you Tua with his attitude doesn't have a bunch of veterans like Eli had, you know, doubting the coach's decision. I think this is a case where the kids just lighten it up and the coach was, was basically forced in a corner to make the decision. And that's really, uh, that's really what I've been hearing on, on that. I, I just, what, what I hope the most is the Dolphins go back to their old unis because I, I don't like this new look either. And I know you were a Marino guy and a Duper and Clayton guy, and we also we always appreciate the retro part of the game. Yes. I can't stand these unis that Miami has now. I know <laughs> the colors are close and everything, but the logo with like the new looking fish, I don't know. Sometimes they get it right, sometimes they get it wrong. I don't I don't like this look, but back to Tua and Fitzpatrick. I'm excited for Tua. It's tough to do this no matter what. San Diego, different story, went through it. I know Taylor got hurt, but he's coming back, and he's not getting his job back because the kid from Oregon's looks so good so far, and they're going to try to build their franchise. By the way, Herbert's looking really good. He's got a a cannon for an arm. But that just goes to show you, Bags, that all of these 
Mel Kuypers and everybody else who's a draft expert, sometimes you just don't know. The guy has a great feel for the game. He's got a strong arm, and people were doubting him. He should be a late first rounder or a mid first rounder. Maybe he'll go in the second round. It's like nobody knows if these guys are going to be legit or a bust. And this kid, you know, he was very highly touted as a sophomore and a junior, and then people started to sour on him for what reason, I don't know. And then he had he had a good year, and he kind of fell off the radar, and I'm happy that he's playing great for San Diego. He is. And uh, I'm looking at this this week's games, Platt, and we'll, uh, we'll go to our pick soon. We got Steelers and Titans is a great game. Um, last night, although it was a shitball, it was an entertaining game. Um, Bucks, Bucks Raiders is interesting. Chucky's coaching against the Bucks since the first time uh, since he was back back in Oakland. Um, so I won't touch that games. game. I yeah, won't touch that um, game betting wise for that reason. And by the way, so getting back to the Cardinals, Seahawks undefeated going into Arizona. I know you said there might be no home field advantage, but this is probably the year where it doesn't matter. So Seahawks Cardinals is a good game too. Uh, Packers, Texans, okay. Now, the other shitball, the NFC East, is the Washington Football Club playing at home against Dallas. Now, hypothetically, Pat, if the Giants did win last night, okay, and Washington beat Dallas, the Giants would be 2-5 and five with the Cowboys. <laughs> In <Weird>. first place. <laughs> it's, it's, so... It's, it's all, like, I'm almost glad it didn't happen because it's so disgusting to even think about. But let's get to the picks. I'll start us off. I'm liking, for some reason, the Jets. Plus 13 and a half. They're home. I'm starting their defense on fantasy football again. I'm liking, I'm liking them at home. The Bills, I think they're a little overrated. I think they came out hot. They started talking MVP about Allen uh, way too quickly. Jets is number one pick. Second pick. Going Patriots, the Patriots are in a funk, dude. I can't believe they're, they would if they lost this game, they would be two and four. The Niners, I still don't buy into. Patriots home minus one and a half. I'm gonna go Monday night on this game. I think the Rams are gonna beat the Bears. The spread is six. Rams have to come out of their funk too. So the three picks for bags going Jets plus thirteen and a half. Patriots minus one and a half at home over the Niners. Rams minus six. Monday Night Football in L.A. over the Bears. All right, buddy. So I am going to start by taking the Bears. I want Nick Foles. I like what they're doing. The Rams to me, I know I've been on them in the beginning of the season. I'm souring on them a little bit. I don't know what the deal is with that team right now, but Chicago is what? They're like five and one. They're in first place in the division. I, don't, I couldn't name more than five people on their team. I know they have a good defense. I haven't watched them play a lot, but I'm going to take the Bears. Uh, the Chiefs are only getting nine and a half against Denver, by the way. Only given. nine. Given, sorry. Only given nine and a half points. I'm taking the Chiefs in that one. And then I'm going to take the Saints, seven and a half against the Panthers. I think Drew Brees is due for a breakout game. They're playing at home. I think they're going to have some fans this weekend. Panthers are a little bit of a hot mess. I know that our boy Manny's going to be upset about that because he's always representing down there, but Cam Newton's gone now. It's a different Panthers team. His running back's hurt. I'm going with the Saints. So those are my three picks this week. I like that Saints pick, Platt, because uh, they're, they're they're due for a big win, and that, that Panther team's really young. 
Um, they got a decent defense, but I don't think they're you know ready for ready to step up. Hey, are you excited for the World Series tonight? Because I really am. I think it's going to go seven. Let's talk some Dodgers Rays. First two games were great, Platt. I pretty much predicted both games, so. Um, you literally uh, did. And, and <laughs> just so everybody knows, we have a group chat, a text with like eight of our boys from growing up. And I think you've nailed both scores either within one run or pretty much spot on in games one and game two. Yeah, and, and I was really happy for Kershaw Platt. And I, I think the, the average sports fan is too because although he's had some really rough starts, um, he's also not gotten a lot of run support. But he also had, I saw a graphic come up, He's had like five starts uh, in, in, in playoff history that he like threw seven or eight innings and like let up like zero or one runs. But it just, it, they don't remember those games, Platt. It's one of those things you just, you always remember the, the F-ups, you know? So I was really happy for Kershaw. And tonight they got Walker Bueller going. Um, the Rays are doing what the Rays do. They're going to grind you out in the bats. Uh, the first game, Kershaw was just on. Second game, the Ray, the, that, that Dodger pitcher didn't really get, he got a quick hook. And the Dodgers almost fought all the way back. I'll give him credit. But tonight, I think um, Bueller, Bueller is, uh, is, is, is going to be awesome. So well, I'm going to take the Dodgers tonight in a, uh, in a 6-2 victory. All right, you heard it here first. I, so here's... Here's been, I never agree with A-Rod when he talks about baseball in general, probably just because he's bothered me throughout the years with some of his antics and all the things that have gone on with him. But the other night, I never agreed more with something that he said. He said the Dodgers got too cute going with the quote-unquote starter mentality in Game 2. They did exactly what the Yankees did, and they, in some ways, took their foot off the gas after Game 1 and let the Rays right back into the series. And you, and, you, and you know it's all about momentum, Platt. All about the, momentum. The, it's like it's like it's like Atlanta Falcons. They're up to like twenty four to three in a Super Bowl, and they just stopped playing and completely blew the blew the freaking. I mean, it was one of the worst. I think it was one of the worst Super Bowl defeats ever. The other one being uh, Seattle not running the ball with uh, Marshawn Lynch against the Patriots. And there you go with the Patriots. I hate them. They get so lucky. They have one team shit the bed, and then one t- one coach make a mental error, and there's two Lombardi trophies. But I agree with you. You as the minute you take the the pedal off the, uh, the you know the gas off the pedal off the gas or what that whatever it is, you are just basically saying we're almost thinking that we're not going to win the game. You know what I mean? That that's your mentality. Like oh, if we lose, it's okay. You can't have that mentality in baseball. Momentum is everything to me. Yeah, especially in the World Series. And that's a good, feisty Rays team over there. They don't need any help. And I know the Dodgers lineup, we've talked about it all year, is unbelievable. They're one through nine. They're benched. They have good starting pitching. They have pretty good bullpen. They're obviously probably the best team in baseball on paper. And to, to let the Rays back into the series the way they did in that game, to me, I mean, it might come back to haunt them. But I got to tell you, for a pure baseball fan, this is a great series. The ratings are not good. I understand that. They're not good for a whole host of reasons. I don't think it has to do with the fact that Tampa's a small market team and the Dodgers are a big market team. Obviously, if the Yankees made it or another big market team, the ratings would have been a little bit better or significantly better. But 
people are getting on Joe Buck. Our group text is killing them. Like, what? What are your? What's your thought on the experience? Are you rovering these games? Are you muting these games and listening to them on the radio? What's your broadcast scene been like? Nice. So I'm glad you brought up the rover because this is like you know this is when you need a rover. Last night I watched my first debate ever, and ever. I muted. I, I, I muted. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not into politics. I muted. I muted Buck, and it was great. And by the way, I feel like Buck is like my roommate in my house because he's he's been with us every night, whether it's football or baseball. Okay. So now we got to hear him again tonight. It's like, you know, it's like you're living with Joe Buck. So it's nice to have a break from them. It's nice to have a, a break from his sarcastic remarks. Uh, you know, him and Troy, he, you know, he's just, he can get a little, I mean, I'm not saying I don't like him, but uh, it's okay not to hear him for a night. So I was, I was, it was nice to not, you know, hear nine innings of Buck and I, and I don't want to talk about the debate, but it was definitely entertaining for my first debate. And I will say that the Rays do affect ratings. The last time the ratings was this low was the 2008 World Series when the Rays were in it. So they do play a big factor, and you can tell by the amount of fans they have. It's un- almost unfortunate, Platt, that they have to play in Tampa and be this good. You know what I mean? Like, picture a city like Cleveland or like, you know, Baltimore. Um Detroit, like, can you imagine the fan base that they would have for a winning team like the Rays, and they're the lowest payroll in the game? It's really, you know, it's, it's 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 unbelievable what they're doing with not only no fans, but but the amount of money they spend. And I gotta tell you, if you if you can't like, we're all about free agency in sports nowadays. We've talked about the NBA. There, it's like a boys' club. Let's put together a team for a championship. We talk about in the NFL. You get a big free agent quarterback. You, Breeze goes to New Orleans from San Diego. They get a Super Bowl. There's big free agent moves that dominate sports. But I'll tell you one thing: in baseball, it is humongous. We're Yankee fans. We know we can open up our wallet and win a championship. It's not that easy, but we can. They cannot. They have to draft well. They have to train well in the minor leagues. They have an amazing, amazing organization. I don't know what they do. I don't know what their secret is. But Platt, it's it's so underrated what they're doing without free agency. Think about Platt. If, if there's a free agent comes up and you're a Tampa Bay GM or a Tampa Bay fan, well, we got no shot at that. We have to just build from the ground up. It's amazing, Platt. And, uh, and so I, I wish I didn't dislike them as much as I do because they own us. But I have to tip my cap to these guys. Wait, what that franchise has done, you nailed it, is incredible. And, it's impossible. And every, every free agent signing they make is is huge because it plays such an important role in that team. And it just goes to show you, we spend all off-season talking about a few years ago, where's Bryce Harper going to go? Where's Machado going to go this season? Where's Cole going to go? And Cole's a little different because he's a pitcher. But every year, the conversation centers around one or two big free agents. And the thing you learn is that that doesn't turn the tide for a team. That doesn't make a team a World Series contender or that much better potentially. Like, look at Philly right now. What did Philly get at? What have they gotten out of Bryce Harper the past two or three years? Nothing. Not, and not, not the stats are okay. But, like, 
even Manny Machado, I know he had a good year and he's helping turning San, San Diego around, but is he worth that kind of money? No. Yeah. Like there's and he, he, he went up for the Dodgers either. So right. maybe maybe Mookie Betts, just because he's such a five tool player. Like he's he's fast. He plays great defense. He hits for average. He hits for power. He's he's he's, he's legit five tool. You're right. He he him and him, him and Trout. I mean, I know we're not studying baseball right now, but might be the two best five tool players in the game at the moment. I know there's some other good players, but like those guys, okay. But the way the Rays have done this, it's impressive to watch. And I give their ownership and management and Everything. Kevin Cash tons of credit for what he's done. Whether they win or lose this World Series, because I got to tell you, if they win this World Series and beat this Dodger team. Talk about like David versus Goliath. I understand that like people who know baseball, like yourself, know the Rays are really good. But a casual fan right now who knows the Dodgers and sees Kershaw and Betts and that lineup and everyone who's there and the fact that they've been in the World Series three of the last four years just thinks it's a shoe in for the Dodgers to win this World Series. And Platt, it's just it's just a great story, and I and I hope I hope they uh, I hope they can gain more attention and and maybe spend some more money and and make it. Where they're not the Marlins. If they win, they sell. And Marlins have won two World Series, and the next year they just get rid of everybody. So you get a guy in first base named G-Man Choi. G-Man Choi, Platt, has been released by at least three teams, and he's been on five rosters. Okay? And he's the Furries' first baseman, and he's one of their best uh, power hitters. It's stories like that. It's like, you know what I mean? It's it's just that they, they should get more credit than, than, they're, than they're getting. Yeah, and, that guy played and, for and the, by the way, they're too going, for a hot minute. Yeah, he was. And by the way, Platt, they're gonna go if if they won, and we got we'll do you know we'll talk about this on the next show when we get closer to the to the end. You gotta realize they went through the Yankees, the Astros, and now they gotta beat the Dodgers. It's this is not at all, you know, uh, some kind of cakewalk where they're just dominating teams. They're playing hard nosed good baseball teams with amazing talent and payrolls that are out of the you-know-what. Yeah, it's it's been a fun World Series to watch. I think it will go – I hope it goes seven. I mean, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seven. Like, I, as much as we've had a free-for-all with all the sports on TV, once baseball's done, we're pretty much in, in college and, and NFL, and that's it. You know, that's all, that's all we got for a few that's months That's not good. Here. That's not it's good. Not good. We, just, we, we were spoiled <laughs> every We night. really were. Everybody was judging everything and commenting about this scene and that scene and no fan. And I was one of those people. But like now you're going to miss having all these sports on. And speaking of, uh, of college, your boy, your boy Trevor had quite the stat line last week. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I mean, I don't really know much about Georgia Tech, but putting up 73 points is, is pretty impressive. Uh, they're playing Syracuse this week. The line's probably in the high 30s. I thought. I th- by the way, the over under is 62. I think we'll get that by ourselves. Yeah. So it's um, it, like I said. There's only a couple games on the schedule. One being at Notre Dame. Um, it was a good, 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 very good game for uh, for the, actually the whole roster because everybody gets to play when you put up 70. So, but uh, before before we go, I just want to say the Big Ten is back. And I don't know about the whole COVID situation in the Big Ten, but they're gonna. It's gonna be very interesting to see what happens because they're on a really shortened season. Um, if their first game is this Saturday, um, and they have any types of problems, 
it's going to be very interesting. Our governor said that if there's cases in Rutgers, he's going to he's going to pull the plug. So what do you do if you're like in Ohio State and you're actually, ch you know, you're chasing the national title and you're ranked third right now and you haven't played a game? Well, that would be really interesting, Platt, to see how the Big Ten would handle this since they already shit the bed on the decision prior to this one. And the cases seem to be going up in a lot of the states where the Big Ten teams are, like up Absolutely. north. So it, it is going to be a challenge. But listen, a lot of the Buckeye fans and the Buckeyes feel like they should be the number one team in the country. Yeah, that's <laughs> asinine. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's just vintage, and I have no love or hate for Ohio State. I have no horse in that game, in that competition at all. I just laugh at it because, like, you haven't played a game yet, and have you been watching what Clemson's doing? I don't care who Clemson's playing. If they're playing the school for the blind, they're still putting up 73 points. Like, what they're doing numbers-wise. How about beat Miami. Clemson? How about beat Clemson in a Final Four and not get your ass kicked like you do every time? All right? We beat, you, we beat Urban Meyer 31 nothing. Shut your mouth, Ohio State, for crying out loud. You've never beaten Clemson. I knew no. <laughs> you have no idea how I think about that conference. It's the not the Big Ten. It's the microscopic ten. So shut your mouth. And does does Alabama have a chance at yes. Clemson this year? Absolutely, so? Platt. Absolutely. It's you know they played three times in two years in the national title game. At this point, they should almost just put those two. And I'm going to give my 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 buddy Clo, who I had lunch with today, some props. He goes. I don't even care about the Final Four. I think Clemson, Alabama should play a two out of three series. And you know what? He goes, he goes. I'd watch that in a second. Forget about Clemson or Notre Dame or Ohio State wasting Alabama and Clemson's time. That's actually a great point. Isn't I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see how the rest of this college season is going to unfold. It's it, it's probably one of the more unique situations because every other sport and every other league started at the same time, as you mentioned. And here we go, like. Certain conferences are just starting now. These other teams are four or five games into their season. Have they addressed if they're going to have a college football championship, like what the schedule is going to look like? How short of a season is this going to be for these guys? How much weight are you going to put on individual wins? The Pac-12, are they even relevant right now? Like there's right. so many weird things going on in college football that I agree. Like let's just have Alabama play Clemson and see what happens. I'm down for a best two out of three. <laughs> Me too. I mean, Me too. everyone's doing shit differently this year, so. Yeah, why not? Why not? All right, buddy, great show this week. Hey, looking forward to tonight, so definitely enjoy the game. Um, uh, like I said, 6-2 final. You're listening to Bags and Platt. We'll talk to you soon.